0: In today's episode of Solana Made Easy, we covered the entirety of the recent thread that Magic Eden launched around how they were going to mitigate the current D-Gen Town rug situation by refunding individuals who had the wallet drain, as well as create a scholarship program with the funds that they were able to allocate from the project for one-of-one one artists in the space. We were lucky enough to be presented with individuals from Magic Eden who were able to respond to questions, field responses, and gauge the community sentiment. All in all, a positive feedback around that thread and a lot of different topics on further progress that can be made to make new investors and individuals in NFTs feel more comfortable. As always, if you're looking to catch this show live, tune in Monday to Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern time at Easy Eats Bodega on Twitter. If you're not able to tune in live, catch it on Spotify at NFTs Made Easy with the episodes titled Solana Made Easy. But let's dive into the episode. What is going on, Solana Ecosystem? Welcome back for another episode of Solana Made Easy, your Monday to Thursday, 5 p.m. Solana Market Talk Show. Shout out all the dope speakers who continue to pull up, rocking with us every day. I know Running Man's had a long day. That man is definitely still napping, and he's going to miss out on an electric conversation. Magic Eden, drop the thread of all threads, what we've been waiting for. I know we got a lot of thoughts, conversations, emotions, topics, every damn buzzword in between. So let's get after it. I'm hyped to talk about what we feel this post has an effect on the ecosystem, how we're feeling about it, and everything else going on. I did also just see Frank just noted that Utes whitelist and scholarship first wave should be pumping out later today. The market's alive, man. It's great to see. I'm hyped to be here and I appreciate the hell out of everyone rocking with us. So let's get after it. Manny, Frisk, how you doing? I'm good. I'm doing good, man. Dude, it's been
1: a pretty wild day, you know, from NFTMZ. It's all just been super wild. Like, it's so much fun to watch. Like, watching Magic Eden take accountability for that and, like, giving a plan to, like, just talk about it. Like, this is the thing like they're not even a year old right like nobody can even in this space we could spend two hours talking about what a rug is so it's just like we're kind of figuring all this stuff out as we go so i'm just kind of glad that they're trying to figure it out
0: no nah, man i think there's a lot of uh, a lot of emotion on the response i've seen a bunch of back and forth comments i mean dude i'm hyped for it sounds like they've got a plan in motion sounds like they got some funds back I'm really eager to kind of hear their space later on how they actually managed to achieve some of that. I know we did see that it looked like some messages leaked and uh, Ramo may have actually referred to himself as the founder, despite a variety of public tweets, noting that he was not and was just an advisor. So, man, it's uh, it's certainly messy, but I'm hyped to dive into it. Frisk, how are you, my friends?
2: Hey Daisy uh, it is day six of me trying to sell my one NFT I have single-handedly ruined the floor on that and I am uh, I feel no remorse whatsoever but I've become the villain that I have despised for every single moment on crypto Twitter and I'm very proud of it. I have to look into the magic Eden thread. I haven't read it fully yet but um, the response seems to be pretty good, which is really nice to see. I'm glad that Ramo is finally getting all of the shit that he deserves. That man has been scummy for a very, very long time. And I think that this is well needed. And it's nice to see Magic Eden, you know, being like striving to be that sort of community marketplace, doing, uh, I would say, a pretty good job of doing so. But I'm happy to get into the conversation.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, I'm definitely eager to dive into it. So just to preface, I'm going to give like a quick TLDR on the thread. Looks like they were able to recover funds from Lurk. Looks like they're still working to recover funds from Ramo. Looks like they did say Ramo was involved. They've updated their doxing process, shared the documentation behind that. I have given it a quick look. I recommend other people do the same. Get your own opinions on how you feel that the quality of that is. And moving forward, it seems like they're going to be doxing all parties on a team for launchpad stuff. So for that, I'm a little bit eager to see how it plays out. Hopefully, honestly, we get less launchpads of trash and more people who are open to just being committed to the space. And that's really like the biggest takeaway, I think. I know a lot of the negative sentiment was around the time that it took to get a response from the team. But getting funds back is insane. Like that for me was the biggest catalyst and seeing that they were able to recover anything is like a very bullish thing for me. It's great to see that they're trying to do some stuff here. I'm curious how they're gonna deliver on this uh, this scholarship program for one of one artists and creators because that's where it looks like they're gonna be taking all the funds too. I have had some conversations with people off air and kind of throughout around, what they feel about that, how people allocate funds, refunds, et cetera. It looks like Magic Eden's also working to refund those that got drained from the scam link. I just got a, my tinfoil hats on, and it makes me think that maybe D-Gen Town was involved in their own scam. I don't want to throw accusations out, but it seems like it might make a lot of sense with uh, all the back and forth that they got going on with it. I did want to pass it down to JS, though. Let's get into the conversation. JS, what's going on? Sorry,
2: How's JS, real go quick.
3: Easy? Cool.
2: Real quick, JS. For everyone listening, if you're still to catch up, I did pin the thread to the top.
3: That's all. Go ahead, man. Thank you, Frisk. Thank you, Um, You know, I will say I was very critical of Magic Eden when they first kind of put their first thread. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but that was just basically like non-sequiturs and diverting <laughs> the blame to just uh, a lack of information. Um, I'm very, I wouldn't say happy with this thread, but I feel some kind of like resolve in myself that, okay, maybe we're headed in the right direction. I've had a lot of kind of bad feelings, not towards people at me, but how it's kind of operated in terms that it's very, very greedy. And to see them actually using these funds and giving back, maybe they're starting to turn turn the corner. Um, I do feel like they are in a very kind of financially oppressive position for everybody in the Salon of the ecosystem. But um, I- I'm happy that, you know, they're, they're kind of turning the corner and just uh, fuck Robo.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to sum it up. There, uh, the sentiment around Ramo, I mean, it's just honestly wild, bro, to see the fact that it uh, it looks like he was the founder or self proclaimed founder, and then when shit went south, that that title changed. It's almost like a CEO deciding that they just want to be a business developer instead of the CEO when shit goes south and uh, some potential bankruptcy is facing you. But Tom, what's happening? Great to have you up here.
4: Thanks. Yeah. Um... You know, i was just going to touch on a little different aspect of it. A couple of days ago, there was a, a tweet. I don't remember exactly what it said from like a, a mid-level influencer, and I was trying to get a back-and-forth conversation with him about it because, you know, I think it bleeds into the regulation conversation, which a lot of this stuff does. And it, I, my question to him that I was never really answered was basically, you know, he was saying he doesn't see anyone tweeting about it. I personally have seen tweets every day for a long time about it, but. What are we going to, you know, he said self-regulation um, by hammering them on Twitter. And my question was, is that really self-regulation? You know, did it, everyone hammering on Twitter got them to put this post out, but is that really what we're looking for to better the ecosystem? You know, like what can we do without regulation or are we asking for regulation? You know, I think we're at that crossroads right now where what can we do other than tweet at these places? And obviously, as we've seen with Ramo, he does, he's just blocking people. So it doesn't really matter. Um, So I think it's an, it's an interesting conversation to see where this goes from here.
0: No. And I do think that like with this situation, I kind of mentioned it a little earlier too, like these things take time. And I think the biggest thing was the fact that they, it seems like they have a lot going on with this. Like, They got funds back and that alone is wild to me and it's not an easy thing to do. And if they started posting information on it, they most likely would not have even been able to get anything back. So it seems like them kind of staying quiet on everything allowed them to work behind the scenes. And we got a deliverable today. So I mean, shit, I'll take anything at this point. It's better than uh, silence. And to be honest, I was a fan of the thread. I read through all of it, read through the documentation on what they plan to change. It makes me feel more confident in a marketplace actively acting on something instead of just kind of remaining silent. So I'm eager to see how they continue to roll stuff out. Like I said, too, I'm most excited to see how they allocate funds for the scholarship program and what that actually entails and really who in the ecosystem is going to benefit from it. Targeting one of one artists, that's awesome to me. You're seeing a massive influx in that alone. So it seems like it's going to good causes, but really, I guess only time will tell. And at this point, we waited long enough. So What's a few more weeks to see how it plays out, especially because we have some form of resolution now, you know? I want to pass it over to Profits. Profits, what's happening?
5: What's up? Can you hear me? Absolutely. I'm outside in these Miami streets, bro. You already know. You hear all types of things. That's chaos. (laughs) But, yeah, so first of all, thanks for letting me up. I love the show. Um, Wish I could make it more often. It's just by this time I'm already in the gym going crazy. But I'm really happy to pull up today the – the whole thing with uh, the post and, and how they created the thread, uh, big big ups to Magic Eden for that because they acted in you know as fast as they could. Um, you know, not to to put out too much information, but you know, you guys have to remember, right? Everybody, even myself, uh, you know, entities are not one person, right? They're entities. And so although one person from the camp is like, hey, we gotta do this, hey, we gotta do this, I would imagine that you know, marketing and everybody behind it was like, Hey, we need to make something stated ASAP. And then as an entity, obviously they had to do it the right way in a structured way. And so I give them so much props for doing it as fast as they did and, um, actually, you know, caring. And, um, I did want to kind of raise a a conversation kind of a, obviously a part of this as well. The whole, um, doxing thing, right. To magic eating the launch and the launch pad. So I have two perspectives, but I don't want to share them just yet. I want everybody to share um, wouldn't you guys think if obviously doxing is important, but let's be honest, launch pad is, 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 a is, um, it's a, so it's the best way to share it. It's something that magic Eden offers based off of the, you know, awareness and the following they have. Right. So it's like a, it's like a product. So essentially you wouldn't want something shitty launching on your product. Right. At the same time, you also want something to be successful, right. If your name and your product is behind it. That's another reason they don't just launch any project so I guess my question would be do you guys think something that launches on their platform that doesn't instantly sell out is that still considered valuable if everything else it's doing is good does that, is that a, does that make sense as a question
0: I think let me just make sure I understand it. you're wondering like if everything else they're doing is good, is that Launchpad still worth it? I guess is is that the question?
5: Yeah, cuz obviously the point of Launchpad I know is for for the awareness in a sense, right? But let's be honest, some of the stuff that's been on Launchpad has been has been shitty even though it's sold out. So it's like what about the like cuz let's be real, like since, since we've been in a bear market, I mean, at least on the I've seen some Solana slow mints and they still do well. Obviously, you know, I'm more on ETH and I and I've also seen the slow mints do very well. Back then, a slow man was like, "Fuck this thing." Now I feel like it's the, we're changing in a sense of what do we think about a slow mint? So that's why I'm, I'm kind of raising that question: does Does it matter if something mints out fast on launchpad, even though it's, uh, let's say, not as sexy as other things that have sold out? But it's a legitimate, real project that's trying to be long term builders. Does that if that make sense?
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think there's like this weird balance there for maintaining hype and getting something delivered, like. We saw Zuni's extremely extremely slow mint on uh, on OpenSea, and that was just terrible for OpenSea itself, despite what seemed like they did the due diligence. And I think in this ecosystem, there's not a bad situation if you are having a slower mint. We've sorry, I got a phone call. God damn. The thing with that though is like I think about uh, something like a what was it, Crash Faces, that minted in like three days on Launch My NFT and then went up to 20x, uh, 20 floor, or whatever it was. And that was pretty wild for me because it was a slow mint that still had interest. And I think there's still an opportunity for it. But from like a launchpad standpoint, you almost want that immediate hype because that does lead into how well the marketing was done behind it too. I also think there is like a, a certain level of balance that's needed when it comes to how much marketing effort goes into it. This situation was absolutely a learning one for everybody involved. Promoting the hell out of a DGEN mint, they've made multiple comments on that. It's not always the best look, sadly. And I think that that was a learning lesson in itself on how much of that you kind of push to the audience because of the inherent trust that people have with a marketplace and an audience. So I think there's a balance. I do think we start to see more slower mints overall. And that's not a bad thing for the ecosystem, especially for a quality project, product, Web3 business that may have something live day one that you can actually interact with. So Kind of a long-winded answer there, but I I do think part of that plays into it.
5: No, because if we think about it, right, that's why we've dealt with the the bullshit, not only just on Magic Eaton and whatever other platform is launched on, but I'm just saying this because they have this product. You know, it's uh, it's those faster sellouts that end up being rugs. Yeah. (laughs) With these, I don't know, it's just... Well, it's wild because
0: that's part of the marketing effort, and some of those teams do market the hell out of it a little bit better, I guess you could say. Like, you had... uh, Everybody and anybody marketing the hell out of Town, even outside of the the marketplace itself. So for me, that was like a big piece of it. You had a lot of people in the space from Web3 in general that have names and existing kind of backings. And that may have led to some of the hype behind it. And for me, the toughest part was like the three soul mint, which is a whole nother conversation. But I want to kind of pass it around here and see what people's thoughts are on the on the Magic Eden statements. DGen Town as a whole looks like Ramos starting to tweet now as well. So I, I only anticipate this to get a little Bring bit more. Bring his up here, man. We both know his ass is not pulling up to a space to publicly talk. And if he does, it's just going to be everybody shouting at one another. So there's there's pros and cons <laughs> of it. Fast, what's going on?
6: Yo, what's going on, Easy? Uh, my name's Fast. Yeah. So all in all. I think that the thread today uh, for Magic Eden, I think it was pretty good for the most part. I, I like the efforts that they're doing. Something that we've always seen Magic Eden do is always try to correct and learn from their mistakes. Uh, that's something that I've always like applauded them for. Uh, the interesting part is the advisors now having to dox. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily the move. Um, there's a lot of people that uh, want that to happen. Uh, but I think that if that happens, then it should either be all okay or none of it is okay. Meaning like if they want advisors to dox, then every single person on their team should also have to dox. Moderators, admins, alpha hunters, uh, community managers, like literally any single person on their team, uh, or even, you know, being a part of their discord or anything should everybody should have to dox. Then, uh, I don't think that singling out advisors, uh, is the move. Um, I understand it, um, I don't, I don't know my position on it yet. I I will probably end up doxing. Um, I think that there's this kind of thing where um, a lot of people don't know, like there's a lot more things that go down the rabbit hole than like people actually uh, see. Um, A few months ago, I I never really talked about this publicly because uh, I was like extremely scared at the time. Uh, But basically like, And yeah, it's like a really weird scenario. But I ended up getting swatted uh, from from Web3. I never really wanted to like uh, talk about it or like bring any attention to it because, yeah, it was like pretty scary at the time. Um, Basically, somebody like called and yeah, there it's kind of like a weird little like avenue. But basically, there's like these people from ETH that are like like well-known ruggers. And and I had known them because I used to play like a game called Minecraft. And uh, yeah, basically these guys like hit me up and they wanted me to advise. They wanted to launch a project on Seoul. Um, They came to me with like a plan uh, to like completely rug Solana for like a couple million. Um, They wanted me to like be an advisor. Uh, They were going to go through Magic Eden's like doxing process. They had fake doxes, like everything. Uh, And they wanted to like structure convos and stuff that would uh, basically be like an out for me to like end up saying uh, that yeah, I basically, like, wasn't a part of it, or I was just an advisor, and, like, yeah, all that stuff was, like, pretty scary, but, yeah, these guys, like, ended up, I I ended up declining the offer, uh, because of my, like, morals, but that ended up, like, later the next morning, I ended up getting swatted, um, it was a pretty fucking scary experience, uh, basically woke up, I went to my window, and I saw there was, like, a bunch of cop cars outside, so I started walking towards my door, um, I heard my dog barking, and so, Uh, they basically knocked on the door and I was like immediately like pointed at with, with guns. Um, There was about three cop cars there, four cops. And yeah, I got pulled out of my house. Uh, They basically put me in handcuffs and made me like sit outside while they searched my house. And they went into like this whole long thing where somebody had uh, allegedly made a call that there was like a girl um, that was screaming uh, for help. And so They asked if, like, they could basically, like, continue the search and, like, look through everything. And so I, like, let them do it, and they ended up not finding anything. And, uh, yeah, they basically just said, like, do you know who could have done this? But at the time, like, I didn't really know um, until, like, I had gotten a message on Telegram uh, that basically said, uh, I still have the message, but uh, basically said, whenever you grow some balls, you know where to contact us. So I think that there's a lot more that goes into it. Uh, than people think uh, it's actually like a very very scary space and i think that like preaching decentralization uh is something that i've always kind of been an advocate for um there are people that uh know me a little bit more personally in the space um that can like verify this like story but yeah i never really publicly tweeted about it or anything i, I didn't really want to like scare people in a sense where like Bruh. this is some of the stuff that actually happens but yeah w- what's up
5: did you hold on my ma- i'm about to jump off my balcony hold on a second you you were on the phone with somebody like with your actual number like your landline.
6: No, no, of course not.
5: How the fuck did they track you?
6: I I know how they did it, but I don't oh, want to okay. publicly say. Just it.
5: kidding. All right, if you know how, then never mind. I'm just yeah.
6: I've I have since then, uh, like repaired it, but it it was like an error that I had made, and I and I didn't think that anybody would ever like look for that, um, and I did not know that it was like posted like that, but yeah, once I figured it out, I, I made the adjustments to, to get that taken care of.
0: No, but fast. I think part of this too is like when I think of like advisors and people on the team, you mentioned like even alpha callers at that point, a lot of those roles come after the fact. I think the pre mint aspect of it is what's driving the traction. And honestly, man, like I don't think we're going to see mass adoption from Web2 companies and others that are in a completely decentralized aspect. That's the toughest part here. So I think we do end up seeing more of this. I mean, other side land was a KYC mint, and a lot of people had some backlash for it. All things considered, it went off without a hitch and ended up going 3, 4x uh, right out of the gates. So like things like that, I think we're only going to see more of, especially as more and more Web2 businesses start to try crypto decentralization and more. So for me, like I do think there's value in it. It's also not like Magic Eden's doxing you and then releasing your information to the world. Just don't be a piece of shit, and it's, uh, your dox is probably safe and sound. I wanted to pass it down to uh, Rug Revenants. Rug. what's going on?
7: Hey, thanks, Easy. Uh, You know, I, I agree. I want to echo what you were just saying. That's And that's where I was going to go as well. I think that um, I, I view it as less of a business-to-business uh, problem and more of a business-to-consumer problem. Like, I don't see the mass adoption that crypto is going to require happening without businesses that people can can trust that they're buying products from, right? Like, I think that's a big part of... What's missing in the space in general right now is like the, the, the kind of the voodoo around driving demand is that like a lot of people don't actually know what product they want. And I think once they do, and once there's a, once they're actually, again, products that people are buying with an expectation that they deliver, like the value that they bought the product for those, those people that are going to come over from web two buying, you know, 20, 30, 40, $50 NFTs that are going to represent mass adoption. They're going to buy them from like companies and people not uh do- undocs. PFPs, I think, and that's where I think that like this is going to become a moot point. Fast, for example, because like as long as the company is a reputable company, in the same way that like if it, for example, fast, if you were advising Amazon.com right now, and for some reason some person at Amazon was comfortable with paying fast the the Soulbots PFP one hundred thousand dollars a year for consulting and didn't care if they knew who you were, that wouldn't change customer customer demand for Amazon.com. Right? People would still trust that. The people, the business people who are docs running Amazon are like good business people that aren't going to run away with all the money. And I think that's the world that we're going to live in, in like, you know, two or three years as mass adoption occurs. And all of these, these conversations just aren't going to exist anymore, right? Like, I don't think that the, the market is going to allow for things like Ramo to exist. And then, sorry, just to touch on like Magic Eden's part in it. I'm really interested to see how this all plays out. Like the, I think this thread was really interesting to, to see today. Um, I'm doing a postmortem with them on like what launching with them as a launchpad partner is like next week. Um, and I'm interested to see how they receive that feedback. Um, I think that a lot of these problems could be solved with just like more rigor in the launchpad process. Uh, my observation is that there's like just a lack of rigor. Uh, there, my, There's uh, non, not hyperbolically a complete lack of documentation. Like there's no, there's no piece of paper that someone hands you and says, this is how you become, this is how you, what you do once you're a launch partner. And um, like transparently, like that was my job at Amazon. My job at Amazon was to get video games that have hundreds of millions of players on Twitch.tv and on Amazon.com and like make the words and pictures appear that would make that would help other people understand what those were. It's like the exact motion that Magic Eden doing. And I had three people on my team that had a seven page document that they handed to Activision when we wanted to put Call of Duty up on the website. Um, And then those three people guided them through the process. And that just like didn't exist with the Launchpad experience I just had at all.
0: Yeah, and I I mean, I'm definitely eager to hear feedback on like uh, even projects that have launched there previously compared to upcoming ones. I'm most eager to see just how they deliver some of these funds, the refunds, the way that they allocate the scholarships and just kind of the deliverables in this this roadmap, I guess you could call it, or this statement. So for me, it's like, there's a lot to deliver on and I'm not expecting it by tomorrow. But I, I think the biggest thing is that they've clearly heard the community feedback and a lot of interest and thoughts and conversation on this topic, and I've started to try to act on that. So for me, I'm definitely uh, becoming more and more of a fan of Magic Eden with this uh, this kind of action. I was extremely outspoken the night of D Gen Town. A lot of capitals uh, in my in my tweets. A lot of anger kind of being sent just based on the rollout and the price action of it. But at this point, man, it's it's a nice kind of change of pace here, and I'm I'm certainly hopeful for the future of it all. I want to pass it over to Bryce. Bryce, what's going on? Then we're gonna hit chilling.
8: What's going on guys, how's everybody doing? Um, I've met and made, and become pretty good friends with these guys that are working over at Civic. Uh, Civic Key is their at, I just pinned a tweet from them up top here. Um, they're basically building a third party identity protocol. Um, it would be awesome to see Magic Eden work with them on something like this, where uh, you know they, they will privately dox you um, basically give you an NFT or a token in your wallet that verifies age identity, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's it's something that will be useful in a space moving forward for once regulation happens and we have to verify age and nationality and everything for different websites. Um, there's someone that's building an OnlyFans type platform that, you know, she wants to make sure that she's not doxing or, uh, you know, showing her material to minors and and the way that we're, they're third partying this. Um, yes, you are doxing privately to one company, uh, who is then vouching and verifying for what you're you're doing and who you are, um, which allows you know just a, still a level of anonymity to exist. But um, it's you're able to verify who you are. So it would be cool to see adoption of these types of assets. So you're still not publicly doxing per se.
0: No, and I think we're starting to see more and more of those products launch, and I'm
8: I'm definitely in belief
0: that they will be utilized in a larger capacity across the ecosystem for the benefit of us as consumers. So, like when you have those situations, it makes you feel more comfortable in exact kind of outcomes like this, where that doxed information can lead to a resolution. And it seems like they were able to get back those funds because of this. They knew who it was that they were dealing with, at least to some capacity. Seems like they're still working on the Ramos situation. I wanted to pass it over to Shillen and then actually uh skip a bunch of the hands. I apologize, but I wanted to get to chart foo as well. Shillin, what's happening?
9: Yeah, man. Um, pretty interesting to see. Lark giving back the funds and Ramos holding them back. Dude, absolutely fucking ridiculous. Ramos is literally a piece of shit in my mind. I, I hate doing like spaces about people that are that I don't like and hate. Like I hate for it to be that way. But I mean bear market vibes it is with... But yeah, dude, it just it just happens, right? I don't I don't mean to make spaces that, that hate spaces about people, but Just happened. So also like I gotta like give kudos to Magic Eden for once in my entire fucking like last six months. I've given like one
0: yo, he's giving props.
9: Dude, they they somehow managed to trick Lurk into giving the funds back to I I can't I don't know what they did. They must have hypnotized the MF or like unless they signed some contract for him to give back the funds. Good job on on Magic Eden getting the funds back from Lurk. I just don't think you'll ever get them back from Scamos.
0: No, I'm in the same boat. Like it's, uh, I think the advising docs is a direct result of the fact that Ramo can just sit here on whatever bags he made, and clearly he may have already burned through them with uh, his effort to launch a free mint here in the upcoming future. Chartfu, what's going on?
10: Yo, yeah. Can't believe that Alex g- gave us props. Like this is it's so gotta be sick. Christmas, bro. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe this, but yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to uh, uh, answer to like Bryce. Like we actually wanted to like uh work with civic in the past, but uh what happened then? You basically had this situation where you had like probably like one of the largest rugs in the history of Solana, those uh how they're called like grannies, like grandpas, I don't know, ape ape grandpas or something like that. And then you had like this rug and they were like Civic verified. Uh Civic didn't do anything about it, right? So like we were just like, yeah, we don't wanna you know, we can't work with, with, with a kind of a KYC provider that will not do anything about it.
0: Yeah, you need some action to be taken, but shout out to you for pulling up and being uh, on stage here to kind of talk through some of this as well. Yeah, it's
10: much sure. appreciated.
0: I wanted to pass it over to JS real quick, then we'll hit Tom and then Manny and fast. JS, what's happening? All right, Tom, what's going on?
4: Yeah, so I mean, just trying to echo a little bit of uh, what Bryce and Rug were saying there. Um, I I think, you know, we've seen it a little bit on ETH. And and again, I always try to take a look at, you know, a little bit more of a mature market. And we're going to, some of those adoptions are going to come over to Seoul regardless. And with Clonex and Mirakami and Nike and the Adidas drops and stuff like that, talking about them coming in. I mean, those large businesses need some way to, you know, to be frank, legally attack people. And right now, I don't see that coming in Um, unless there's a way for them to do that. And that separation right there is going to stop those Web2 people from coming over, like trusting and buying in those companies. They hold that trust by being able to go after someone like that in a situation like this. Um, And, you know, props to Magic Eden for the thread today. And I think that they're taking steps to be able to be that partner to kind of have that layer between Web3 and Web2 and kind of having that known company corporate vibe a little bit. Um, I know a lot of people don't like that in this space, but I do think to bring in more volume, as we're seeing right now, you know, that's got to be kind of the way to be able to have people feel secure and confident in their purchases. And then if something happens, that they have some recourse, you know, having some way to not be able to tweet at Nike, to be able to tweet at someone like that. And I think we can take sort of what's happening on ETH and see kind of, you know, there's going to be some gray area there. There's going to be some future where that has to happen.
0: Dude, I'm, I'm in the exact same belief as you on this. I think that there is going to be more oversight in regards to like a KYC process. Just because like, dude, coming from Web2 stuff, like people like to complain. It's the sad reality of things and they want somebody to complain too. And we continue to call for decentralization. But when you lose money because someone just straight up stole it, you want to be able to hit someone up and be like, what the hell can I do about this? And someone actually brought it up today that they found it interesting that like Crossmint allows you to mint with credit card because for something like that, theoretically, you could just hit a chargeback and deal with it that way. I'm not sure the logistics of that. I don't manage a credit card company, shockingly, but uh, that's something that I'm I'm interested in as well, because people want to be refunded on something like this that just absolutely screws you. Manny, what's going on?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment about like magic eating greed or whatever. Like, dude, they're a business. Like, they don't run on hopes and dreams. Like, that is the point of a business is to try and get as much money as you possibly can. Like whether you toe the line of like ethics, that's like a personal decision, but like, they are a hyper-focused growth startup that is trying to get as much money as they can. Right. So like, I think that they're just showing that they want to be better and like we're inventing this as we go. Like I've said it a couple of times, it's like we're building a plane as it falls out of the sky. Like, that's what we're doing here. So we're just early.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's less than a year old. So like that alone and seeing the iterations that have already happened and clearly an understanding from the ecosystem is a, is a positive thing longer term, in my opinion. So I'm eager to see, like I've been kind of reiterating here, how it all plays out longer term and what actually happens from like a delivery standpoint and how it's presented. But fast, what's going on? Then we're going to hit profits, sweeper and liberty.
6: Uh, hey, thanks, Easy. Um Yeah, so I'm just curious, like, um, you know, what the, the doxing like actually entails. Um, if we do see more doxing and, and full team doxes uh, come in, does this mean that, you know, Magic Eden will hold the the teams accountable? Will we see legal action? Um, will we see, you know, what are the things that we can see? Because, you know, I'm down to uh, to like dox and, and do the whole thing through the platform. But if there's not, I'm curious what the doxes are used for because, well, I don't know that anybody has ever seen anybody take legal action, um, and I think that if something were to happen and submitting these docs to a launchpad, I think that we would need to know like, if you guys are going to you know, take legal action against the people that are rugging on the platform.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if that's a question for Chartfu or something that Chartfu feels comfortable diving into, but I'm curious as well there. Is it going to be more so for that legal repercussions and action if something negative happens? And kind of what the behind the scenes of that might look like. And Chartfu, I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm curious there
10: if like you have any insight yeah, no on Fast kind of question there. Yeah, no worries. And it's like, yeah, it's a hard topic because like it's it's not that easy to respond. It's not that easy for, for each case. Uh, and like we're now like actually like upgrading this whole process to kind of identify identify like things before so so such things don't even happen so like our goal is not to have this situations ever again right and that's why we're strengthening up like the process from like before before it even happens right on the on the evaluation of the project on the evaluation of the founders stuff like that so yeah that's kind of what the goal but like the legal like Kind of, our goal is not to have that. That's that's what I can say. Nah,
0: no, and it's good. I mean, that's always the goal here. But fast, you got something back for that?
6: Yeah. So, so just like touching into that, you, you guys, you said that you guys didn't have like that. That's not the goal—is to like take legal action or like have to go through that. So, is this like kind of more of like a? I don't know what the right wording is. Like, maybe like scare tactics or. Or something like that, or or can we see you know some of the projects that have like previously rugged and you guys have the doxes for? C- can we see legal action taken on those projects?
10: Uh, so like the goal is to uh, basically with KYCing, the goal is to kind of a, do like a research on the on the actual people involved, right? So that doesn't happen moving forward, right? That's the only that's the only goal from from this. So you can do like a proper KYC, not just like you know, like take somebody's somebody's name and just okay, like he doxed, he showed like his his ID, but like run like a background check, like to see like if that person was involved in any, you know, like anything before in the past.
6: Yeah, and I think that that's like a common misconception that some of the people think is that you know, whenever they hear doxing, they think that like their bags are automatically saved. I think that rugging in the ecosystem will ultimately always happen unless it's protected by code, and um, I think that even doxing anybody in the space it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to protect anybody's bags or that these
10: people actually facing. Agree, them. agree, hundred percent, and that's why I love to see like protocols developing from that. Like I just, I just got added by by one of them. Like I guess like that's like an NFT project unruggable, and then I know that you guys are working on on something like that. So like, yeah, protocols that gonna like enable like releasing the funds according to some milestones or road, or something on the roadmap and then like have the community kind of involved. But that's like the tricky part. Yeah, just having like the community involved, uh, there's like a number of questions. So like the community can, can be like unhappy for something when a milestone is achieved and they can block payments. So like those are the questions that those protocols have to address.
6: Yeah. And like touching on that, like, y- yeah, huge shout out. If, if you guys don't know, you know, rug, uh, um, Dead Monks and Balloonsville, uh, they've been working on a technology for a while now. It's called Phase Protocol. Um, full, full disclaimer, I, I am an advisor. Um, just have to get that out of the way, but it's essentially a, a platform, a protocol um, that will make rugging almost impossible. Um, so,
0: yeah. I think we're going to see more of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think we're going to see more of that as well. And I think one of the big things here is something like a cliff period that could potentially play into it where to those to that point, allocations, votes, etc., that actually allow for funds to release at certain milestones could be a, a potential solution here for it. It's a matter of how it's implemented in longer term, how it actually plays out how those funds work and what a project can actually do with those funds but i want to pass it over to uh profits then we're gonna hit liberty and sweeper profits what's going on
5: just on the doxing thing um i feel like uh what i think a chart just said a little bit ago like uh it's true you gotta vet the people you know like their backgrounds like i get shit a lot uh when it comes to eth projects because the founder's bio would say shit like i've sold out 400 nfts and i have a website that and then they'll own a website that says like we sweep floors and fucking sell out projects like and that's like the whole cmo of the fucking project so like stuff like that that i can easily call out from like a business mind from like experience and things of that nature like to the you know average i guess nft investor they're not really looking at that but then somebody like, you know, us or everybody on this stage, for the most part, has like some type of business sense. Like we can fucking see it from a mile away. Right. And that's that's important. And I think that's what's not happening um, when it comes to launching soul projects. Like they're not doing enough. Like they just have a cool little cute bio like, you know, founder, this, uh, you know, whatever, DJ and whatever. But like there's there's no LinkedIn. There's no. Stuff to really look into because a lot of the projects that launched on ETH that were shit, if you looked a little deeper into the people, they were shitheads, you know, or nobody has ever heard of them. And so I think that's it's very important as well to, to take heed on. But just just me, you know, blockchain Maxi giving out some insight, that's all. No, I think so as well. And it's, it's like one of those situations here
0: where like with this service, it's going to open up an opportunity. And with this new process, it looks like Magic Eden is going to be doing more of that due diligence directly. When it comes to this service and providing and ensuring that they are working with legitimate people on projects that have legitimate goals, the toughest part with this too is like, it was structured in a way where there was no roadmap, no discord. So that also didn't really help the project when it came to the drainer link, when it came to actively communicating with an audience. And clearly those were uh, some red flags that I think if a new project tried the same approach would get shot down pretty quickly. But I want to pass it over to Sweeper, than Liberty. Sweeper, what's happening? Yeah, I mean, I am stunned by
11: this thread. Um... The fact that Magic Eden was able to do this, hats off to them. Uh, you know, Alex may be a critic. I'm also a very large critic to them. He's and I'm gonna say, to-
0: damn, Sweeper and Alex saying good job to Magic Eden. This is crazy. I don't know
5: what Let's happened. Know.
11: Did they trick Lurk? Like, is this Lurk guy just had like he obviously not too moral? I mean, I don't understand why he would give the money back. Maybe because they have his docs. But what are they gonna do? Um, I'm shocked, baffled. I don't know why he returned the funds, but good for them. That's great for the community. I don't think Rama is going to return the funds at all. No shot. But I think it's interesting. I heard Fast talk about advisors are going to like maybe they should dox too or someone was talking about that. I think the only people that really need to dox are the people that have control over the wallet. So I give the money to someone and they have the wallet control they basically are the only people who really are in charge of the project. Because, you know, if you're an advisor or even if you're a partner of the founder, if you don't have the access to the wallet or if it's not a multi-sig, there's really nothing you can do to prevent a rug. Because the guy can just take it, go away, and you there's nothing that uh, you can do. So I think that really just the people that are the owners of the wallets, and I think they did do that with having them all have to use a central exchange and a docs ID to uh, to launch with them. So I think better if we stick to that. And we need to they need to start taking actions because it doesn't seem like they're going to take action, like Fast was saying, because they have had other, um, you know, other launchpad rugs besides in Town and like actual rugs where they took the money and left. So maybe when we talk about the launchpad, the Magic Eden launch launchpad in particular, they should say that really. This docs is just so we can do our due diligence on the person. There's not much like actual action that will be taken against the person if they do rock. Because in actuality, I think there's something something called pals, maybe weird pals or something along those lines. Well, they did like a hard rock punch pad project and there has not been any action taken to date. So maybe we can clarify on that.
0: Yeah, and I'm happy to see if uh, anyone's got some. Oh, Trump, go ahead there. So come on.
10: Yeah, that's like, yeah, maybe like you don't see action taken, but like that's that's the thing. If you're taking actions, you cannot go like public, right? And that's what we saw like now today. You know, you you cannot say, oh, I'm doing this, right? If you if you wanna if you wanna do something around it, so yeah.
0: No, I think I think that's a good thing to call out there as well. It's like if they, if Magic Eden had made a post like we're actively going after Lurk and Scam Ramos here to get funds back, then the likelihood of them vanishing is so much higher. So it's almost like them working in the shadows and coming out here with an end result is one a nice surprise for the community and two clearly shows that they were they've been working on this. Like they've heard all the sentiment around it and now there's been action taken and. Like everyone said, man, we've we've heard positives from Sweeper and Alex. At that point, man, who's still fading it? But Liberty, what's going on?
12: Oh, hey there. Easy, Liberty here. So, uh, I, first of all, you mispronounced – I think you said Scammer. I think it's Shitbag Ramos, but I'm not sure. I, I'm pretty sure you said Scammer, though. Um, so, for me, look, we were at Launchpad, and – Uh, Again, not simping, our experience was fucking positive, right? Everything from onboarding to communication of what we could expect to the doxing process to the transfer of the funds, which uh, Kevin over there and I had a conversation about making sure that no funds were transferred until the full reveal was done and and so on and so forth. It was very, very, like, just orderly, right, and and very businesslike and just doing things the right way. Um, So I wanted to point that out, just, you know, a little bit of flowers for Charpoo and the crew Um, to, I think Tom made a point earlier, or there was a couple of points, you know, about, and Rug maybe did too, about web two companies coming in and that being sort of the future of onboarding. I'm pretty sure the Adidas drop did like 24 million in gross. And I don't think they've delivered shit. So, I think that we have to be careful when we're talking about it i think the review of projects and the review of roadmaps and the determination of the ability to execute along those roadmaps and what people are promising uh, buyers needs a little more scrutiny right we can hold grill spaces we can hold um, private things but maybe there needs to be some sort of and and charpoo i don't know maybe you guys have considered this and it just won't work out but maybe some sort of advisory board for launchpad projects where you kind of go through it with them and and sort of drill down on um, their acumen, right? Obviously wing and I and Bryce and Frisk had many, many, many conversations about what Liberty was going to be. So I I think there's a a huge vote of confidence from him and in your camp overall. But I wonder if, if there's something, even if that's other project founders, I know you guys have Hex on this weekend and obviously the fracture has done amazing. Um, So like, is there an advisory board you guys can put together of community members who have had uh, experience in the space that can help maybe uh, prevent the, the slower rugs? Hard rugs are hard. You never know if somebody's just a piece of shit, right? Ramos is obviously just like he needs his kneecaps busted. But but slower rugs, which are really just failed projects, and I think we need to really define the difference between what a
10: rug is and just failed execution, uh, becomes really important Man, like, yeah, I 100% agree, especially like, on that idea with the advisory. It's kind of a, like, uh, we in the BD team, like, yeah, like, you, me,
0: Charfu, it sounds like you just dropped your phone into a sneaker.
10: <laughs> yeah, sorry. Are you doing a shit? Sh- Is it better now? Yeah, you're clear as yeah, day. Okay, yeah, yeah I, just, I, I just fat fingered it over the microphone. Uh, but. Yeah, uh, we're actively trying to help like projects, but like, uh, at times, uh, you don't have like the same capacity at at all times. So like, I cannot help one project at all times, you know, like, and then like, you have some projects that require more help, less help. And, but that's the idea, actually, like, we're talking to to some people in the space, uh, to make this happen, what you just mentioned, which would be like an advisory board, but like, as you probably know, like if I would ask you, I mean, like you could spend some time on it, and then like I would ask Frank or or yeah Hex or someone, but you're limited, right? As well, like we are. So like it's it's kind of a it, it is an idea, and we're working on it, but it's it's not easy to to accomplish. But yeah,
12: yeah, I think we're I think we're all limited, but I also think we all want good to happen in the ecosystem, and and we're also fierce. You know, I'm a fierce proponent and, and supporter of magic eden right and and other launchpads by the way and other marketplaces but i think because you're you're the gas that keeps the car moving right so uh with the right scheduling i think any of us would make time i think i look at this panel between easy frisk manny myself bryce amy sweeper ashley fast profits Tom and burden and then i see Yako, soul princess and alex like i look that's 16 heads 15 not including you that i they're all smart Right, we're all we all offer something different, and I think that if it were scheduled properly with enough lead time, uh, you've got me any day of the week. That's what I'd say.
10: Okay, you you got me now. You got me now. Like I'm I'm gonna start doing something like after the spaces. Okay, <laughs> fuck you, man. I love you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Given more work for chart food, we gotta love it. I want to it's pass actually, it over to. But it's uh...
12: actually less work. Easy, right? Like it's longer a
0: term, for sure, for look, sure,
12: right? It's, it's a little heavy lift on the front side, but fucking we all push the boulder up the hill. There's nothing yeah. else going on, it's a fucking bear market.
0: No, 100%. If anything, now that's probably the best use of time is uh, kind of figuring out the ways to continue to grow the ecosystem and drive that maturity almost immediately. I wanted to pass it over to Bryce, so we're gonna hit burden and then wrap it around here. Bryce, what's going on?
8: Oh, I was gonna circle back to something that was said a while ago. It's probably not let fly, let's hear anymore. It. Uh, It was just about fast mentioning, you know, like, what's going to happen, legal action. Um, You obviously need to understand how international law works. We can't fucking go after people legally that are based in different countries uh, that are technically doing business through Magic Eden um, and wherever they're based. I'm assuming they're based out of the U.S., but I wouldn't be surprised if they've moved to an offshore entity. So there is no legal action that you can take in, in instances like that. So... Um, I think we need to do our best to, to make sure that what we're doing is up to snuff on the blockchain and in uh, our smart contracts. And, and we all need to do better. We, we can't fucking mint five projects a day every day of the fucking week and expect everything to go up.
0: No, I mean, I, I think you're, you're right there. It's, it's one of those things too where like in these situations, progression takes time and kind of change takes time. So it's, it's really here. The tough part is like it's still such an immature space. Like, I keep circling back when I was told that Magic Eden's only 11 months old. That was insane to me to think about. And this time last year, man, we were aping shit on Art. Digital Eyes was the first one to list the dragons. Like, there's <laughs> thinking about some of this shit from last year is absurd to me. So it's uh, it's some of those things that, like, even now, we're so far evolved from where we were 12 months ago. And the next 12 months are probably going to be just as insane, if not even crazier, for adoption, change, maturity, and what what the ecosystem even looks like. Would it even shock you, Bryce, if a year from now we're like, Holy shit. We were actually minting stuff where we had no idea who was behind the project.
8: Oh, not at all. I look back at my wallet from last year and I'm, I'm appalled that I minted and thought that I was going to make any money on half of that shit. So, uh, no, but that's, that's part of us, you know, spending more time and doing more diligence and, um, you know, demanding better. And those of us that are here and show up every day and are giving ideas just like Liberty just did to chart Um, you know, I, I think that that council idea is a great idea, and why not? Like the more people we can have scrutinizing a project before it comes to market, is is going to be beneficial for us overall. We just have to figure out how to streamline it, make it um, something that doesn't clog the system up at the same time.
0: No, absolutely. The one thing I'm probably most excited for is as we start to get more doxed founders, the first doxed founder to post in a Lamborghini, I'm like really excited for that picture personally. Uh, it's going to happen. I think that's inevitable and I'm really looking forward to it. But I wanted to pass it over to uh, Burden. Burden, what's going on?
1: Yo, yo, yo,
9: yo. Um, I wanted to talk about the thread. Seems like Sweeper and Alex beat me to it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Um when I read it, it actually put a smile on my face. It was great to see like a platform, you know, take you know, like, holding people accountable, the drones like Ramo. It's really cool to see. Uh, I hope to see this more in the future because I feel like if we wanna move as a community, we have to filter out like, you know, the the drones of our community like Ramo. And you know, I just wanted to say respect to to that.
0: No, and it's it's gonna get there for sure. I think it's just about time. Ashley, what's going on?
13: Hey, um, I was just listening in the conversation and I had a couple of different things that are kind of out there um, just because I I have minted many a rug and it would be great not to mint anymore. Um, You know, when it comes to doxed founders, I think that, you know, somebody had brought up the point of not doxing the entire team and just doxing the founders. Um, I I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like uh, as a team, if you, you know, come together as a team and do a project, I feel like, you know, you should be pretty open. Like, there are some DGEN projects. I, I don't think every project is going to dox themselves. There's some that are going to be, like, completely DGEN, and, you know, they should kind of announce that if that that's the case. Like, you know, but, but with projects that build themselves up with a utility, I really do... Feel like um, they should have, you know, like like Profits was saying, you know, LinkedIn or something that shows, you know, who they are and what they built, and like basically make it like a job application because some there's some people that have never minted anything before, they see all these promises and then they mint something and then it turns out, you know, complete crap. Then they don't want to mint anything anymore because they just wasted their money. Um, you know, I I feel like that's so so important, and I. Also want to give a quick shout out to Magic Eden for the, the thread. That's that's really awesome. But but yeah. Um, also another thing that I wanted to add to is I feel like people should um, get like maybe there should be like more like education before like a mint. I don't know like if you've never minted like if it's a fresh wallet. You know I this is like way totally past my education level. Am I you know <laughs> I, like I'm not a developer so i don't know how this would work but you know let's say you just created an eth wallet or just created a phantom wallet before you can mint anything it would be cool if they had like some kind of process like this is what you should watch for when minting a project these are you know like like basically something that you know i mean i hate to say it like this but like babies people into it because i feel like a lot of people that come into the space they're excited to make money but they have no idea what's going on and nobody takes the time to explain it to them
0: No, I actually like a lot of the points you made there. And I think education in this space is one of the biggest gaps in general. And that's until more of that comes out, it's tougher to get new people involved. The steps to even just get a phantom wallet and move soul into it is not always the easiest thing here. The other thing with that too is like, I think that's a good play, but it's also like a lot of people use burner wallets and some of the other things there. So the tough part is if I had to do that every time I used a burner wallet, I would get so tired of going through the same steps. I like the idea. It's just a matter of like delivery on it. And I'm not sure what that delivery might look like, but I do agree. Education in this space is massively lacking. I wanted to pass it down to Tom. Then we're going to Amy and fast Tom, what's happening.
4: Yeah. So I, you know, I just want to preface this w- with a little bit of how this works in, in like real life. Um, so if, if you use your, your bank account to buy something, it's a 30 to 90 day turnaround rate for them to go investigate that. Um, we have the ability with the blockchain to speed that time up. Now, you said something interesting about credit card minting. That is a completely different fraud category when it comes to like a financial institution because that's the financial institution's money. Um, They go way harder if there's credit card fraud than they would on your bank account because that's your money. And I think, you know, that kind of comes into the burner wallets and having escrow and stuff like that. So I think we're coming across that. But my big point is we have the blockchain to track this stuff and I see it every time, we just don't have that next step to, okay, we found it, now it sits there, what do we do? Um, and I think that's gonna be a huge hurdle for places like Magic Eden because that there's only so much money floating around. There's only so much that a the team like that can do at this point, uh, which is where I think Web2 integration could come solve some of those issues. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see what happens with that. But the credit card stuff in general, we I have seen that already where people come into my financial institution and claim that for crypto fraud, for NFT fraud, for things like that. And to be frank, I would say at least six out of 10 of them go nowhere and nothing happens. So it is already becoming a problem bleeding into like our everyday lives. And it'll be very interesting to see uh, how the financial institutions take the next step on that.
0: Yeah. And because crypto still not, I guess you could call it federally friendly right now, and there's still a lot of legislation coming into it that does become a little bit more difficult to, I guess, get a refund or hit that charge back. It's it's interesting to hear from your perspective what's been going on with that. And I'm curious to see the growth there as well. There's still a lot of unknowns, but this is at least a massive, massive first step towards uh, a change and something that I think is going to lead to success and maturity in general. But Amy, what's going on?
14: Hey, Izzy. Um I... I just think that I'm really bullish on companies and protocols and platforms and founders that are just going to be openly vulnerable. And I think that that's like the main thing that I'm taking away from this, from Magic Eden is like, I feel like they've been a really great example of being openly vulnerable, taking action and leaning into um, like the communities, the communities pushback. Uh, I just think it's important to just reflect and think that like a year ago, Um, people were throwing uh crypto to a wallet and then hoping someone was going to send them a pixel monkey like it's just as like the growth of this space has been immense over the last year and seeing that we're like really being critical um on on this doxing process and getting it perfect is just like um it's it's just it's nice to see um and i I just like productive conversation i think that's the best part about all of this
8: no, I Amy. Mean, that's still me. how they're minting on Cardano, too. Just FYI, Sorry, easy.
14: No, you're
0: good. I mean, I'm a massive, massive ADA maxi, right alongside Chartfoo. It's, uh, it's the future of finance, so I'm excited to see how it plays out. I wanted to quickly skip hands. My, my apologies. Jocko's got to go here in a minute, but Jocko, what's going on?
9: Yeah, I'm literally running out the door. Thank you for having me up. I uh, I think the threat from Magic in is cool. Good job, for I think that's that's really good. Um, doxing just doesn't prevent anything. Asking for the whole team to dox is just ridiculous. Like, if there's a team in Slovenia and they slow rug a project and, like, you know, floor price goes down, like, I'm not going to call. Like, I can't call the police and say, hey, they basically pinky promised they were going to do this on their roadmap and they didn't do it. But I still got the NFT I paid for. Like, that's just not going to happen. Um, and doxing, especially with like gorilla mentality and like mob mentality gets really dangerous sometimes. Like I'm not, I don't think every founder should be afraid to dox, but like at the end of the day, the bad guys get smarter. They'll find ways to dox. They'll find ways to make money. And like, you're never going to prevent slow rugs and doxing is never going to do that. I just think like this idea of the whole team should dox is kind of ridiculous. It's not going to prevent rugs and it, it never will. So.
0: No, I mean, I think that there's still a happy medium finding who these founders are to some capacity. And to your point, it's always tough when they're outside of the states because it's much more difficult to hit any legislation regulation on those individuals. It's always going to be an issue though. Like, If you were around in 17, 18, there was so much of this and so many people offshore that were just running away with literal millions of dollars. And we are still sadly seeing that right now. But 17 and 18, we've clearly progressed and tokens in general, we still get shit coins and whatnot. But some of that has kind of shifted to a, a more mature manner where a lot of these ones still exist. But Jocko, real quick, what's going on?
9: Yeah, I don't think doxing is bad. Um, I, I do have to go. I'm, I'm not trying to like, go against it completely. I do think it can kind of help. I just think like we've seen so many doxed founders rug in this like Absolutely. narrative of like having to dox or else they're not worth minting, I think, is, is, can become a little bit extreme. Anyways, love you guys. Thanks for having me up. Goodbye.
0: I uh, always appreciate you, Jocko. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, fast what's going on?
6: Yeah, just quickly, like touching on the whole like doxing thing, uh, to like bring it back a little bit. Uh, I think that um, well, you could say like it's either it's either gonna be like all of it or none of it because, well, for instance, right, advisors they don't control the wallets, they they don't control where the funding is, they're not going to be able to make your floor price rise, like they're not executing, they're not like reaching no. out to these like big companies in most cases, and most of the time projects don't want to keep advisors on after the mint. Um, and I think that this is a thing where, you know, the term like advisor, like people will just get smart. Um, you know, people, I, I would probably dox to be honest. I probably wouldn't like care too much, but, um, like people are just going to get smart instead of advisor. There's going to be called ambassador. Instead of that, there's going to say, Oh, I'm just a discord mod or, or they'll just go down the list of things to where they'll, you know, be able to keep doing their stuff. They'll make the company sign an NDA saying that they're not, like an ad- actual, like an advisor. But I just think there's a million different things. And if it's not, you know, the launch pad taking legal action, then, then nothing's going to happen. It's just pointless. It's just making the, the, I don't know. I don't know what it's doing.
0: I just think that this is a decent first step towards progress in it all. And that's the bigger thing here is like by getting something, it's better than nothing. And I think some of the comments made here about not knowing the team's Uh, that's going to change as well. We've started to see it on Launchpad project pages, is that they do outline the team, previous histories, what their goals are. And if they do have ways to view who that person is, those links are shared as well. So I think this is just going to continue to progress towards more of that. There's always going to be bad actors. It's just how do you limit or mitigate that risk? And this is, in my opinion, a a quality first step to continue to decline of that potential risk. Fast, what's going on? We're going to pass down to Benny.
6: Yeah, see, here's my thing, though, right, is that like, What is doxing an advisor going to do that, like, all the other stuff is supposed to be a wall there before, right? Like, for instance, the wall was supposed to be doxing owners. You know, we would take, like, legal action. The the wall was supposed to be sending the money to a central exchange. It was supposed to be having them sign a contract. Like, at this point, if these, like, walls aren't standing up to brace against, you know, people in the ecosystem, what does now, you know, doxing advisors do? you're going to hold them liable for, for a project. I mean, they can't control the floor price. They're not the ones controlling the wallet, right? It, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense.
0: I think in a situation like this, where funds were clearly sent directly to somebody like uh, Skimbramos, the situation is that there was more potential if he was docs to get funds back and almost guarantee that. It's still speculation. I think that there is a happy medium on it. It's just a matter of of where, I guess. But, uh, fast, what else you got on it?
6: Yeah, and and I can can agree with that. Sorry, I'm not trying to like hog, but I think this was like a fucking unicorn case. I think this is like something that is just not likely to really happen like in this kind of like thing. It was just Magic Eden trying to experiment. And, you know, I applaud them for like taking the efforts and like going after this. Like I said, the thread was fucking great. I I loved reading it. Um, I'm just like, I think that it's such a unicorn case that you can't base, you know, the entire thing off of one person that like fucked it up right
0: no i i do agree and i don't i do think there's still some progress to be made on what the best path forward is for this and i think only time's going to tell on what gets delivered and how successful it is I, I anticipate more iterations of this to find what the best solution is to limit this potential risk for especially net new people like that's who i think rugs kill the most and kind of cause the most damage too is if this was somebody's first mint and this situation went down, the likelihood of them staying in the ecosystem so small. So how do we continue to limit that potential risk? And this is just one step there to kind of drive that. Benny, what's going on?
15: What's up, Easy? Thanks for having me. Um, So, yeah, I think that, I don't know if you guys remember, but when DJ Taub came out, it was like, DJ general D-gen, D-Gen, and then all of a sudden it's like, 3Soul. And their fucking thing was like, we have no roadmap, you know, don't ask questions, just d in, just DJ in. And like, Magic Eden was hella hell supporting that. It was part of the marketing campaign, like just DJ and G C G and I'm like, yo, why are they teaching this? Like why are they that makes no sense because they were like, you know, you go on Magic Eden, it's like always do you I do you know do your own research and then all of a sudden it's like just DGM it's
6: like whoa, that's some mixed messages. Um see some hands coming up with that, but uh Yeah, but that that was like the whole like unicorn thing, right? Like like they were just trying to experiment uh, in a ecosystem that, you know, Deejin mints were coming up. We were starting to see this huge fucking free mint thing come on ETH. They were they were trying to just like you know take a little dip in in the ecosystem and see you know how it would work. And they probably didn't know that this was going to be a major backlash like this, or even that the people that were involved were like extremely shitty. Um, and that's why like I I reference this as just like a unicorn case. It was something that Magic Eden couldn't have prevented it was something that you minted. It's your fault, right? You're minting this dog shit that's coming out. You got to be responsible. It's your money. You know, I think that I just don't think that they're really at fault, but I think that they're like snowballing from it and they're like learning. And it was more of like a learning experience than anything. Just seeing, you know, how the ecosystem would, you know, take this. Yeah, I I agree. I think it was a learning experience and
15: and a testing experience and it is a unique case. However, if it, if I was new to Magic Eden and I'm like oh this is a top space and they're like just DJ and get this, first of all it wasn't a DJ mint because it was like three soul DJ mints are like .69, so um, it's like it was a, it was using the name DJ just for a cast grab in my opinion and them going down uh, you know at least Magic Eden's writing this thread and I like the fact they're being you know I don't know vulnerable is the right word but just. You know, taken taken up and like, yeah, we fucked up. You know, we're gonna t- change things. I just feel like they've said they're gonna change things quite often, and they have made changes. But um, this doxing thing—it's like, does it even work? And are you really gonna dox the whole team? Like Fast was saying, like, I'm gonna become the dev. Are you gonna t- dox every devs? You know, but I'm really the founder. But I'm just gonna say I'm a dev and then you know, rug you guys. Like, is that really the solution? And I also wanted to talk about. Someone mentioned that there's not enough education in these, in these places. And I I just, we just had a space with Bigfoot town and one of their big uh, utilities is they, you know, they educate you on, you know, the basics and what to look for. So I think talking about projects like that, that are supportive that actually are doing this education is good. Like me talking about it might just have somebody else talk about it or check out Bigfoot town and then help someone for getting rugged. So that that kind of stuff is good, and also there's a project called Project Shield. I think that has an interesting take, where like basically, if you mint with them and you buy other projects, there's, they're gonna have like a real insurance company cover you with the mints. Um, if it's if it's a complete rug, you'll get your money back. It's a it's a new strategy, and it'll be interesting. But at the same time, decentralization and insurance, and and you know. Um, you know, the government coming out of you for a rug. Like, I think we were trying to eat the cake and, and cook it at the same time or whatever the fuck it's at. because Because, um, you know, we want to decentralize it I don't want you to know where my
0: address is. I don't know. No, what 100%, you know. Benny. And I think you're you're mentioning a lot of good things here. I'm interested to see how an insurance co- project or company can fund. Oh, yeah. I know. You know, like, dude, be that's going to be a cluster, you know? But uh, I want to <laughs> pass it over to Charf. We were mentioning a lot about this and then hit Frisk and Super here. We only got a couple <laughs> minutes left. Sounds yeah, good. I just
10: wanted to, like, respond, like, uh, yeah, we, we fucked up, like, by by even, like, working with them, but, like, and in a way, like, we had more information about, like, them and, like, their roadmap, so, like, it, it wasn't, like, no roadmap, right, so, it was just, like, a play to have, like, no, no, no roadmap, no Discord, and we played along, which was a huge mistake, right, but, like, we did, like, we were promised that they're gonna do stuff like uh, after the mint that it's not just gonna be like degenerating out. So like, yeah, I just wanted to like kind of respond to that. We didn't like just take them and and uh, and said like, oh, we're just gonna like allow like a cash wrap. No, like they said they're gonna work on it. Yeah, they had like a pretty good team. Like one of the team members is here. I saw like Patrick. I talked to Patrick a couple of times. He's, like, a really good dude, you know, like, really smart guy. And he wanted to work on this. But, like, yeah, those two fuckers didn't allow him.
0: No, and I mean, I definitely made the assumption that there was more to this because of the backing from Magic Eden. And it's good to hear that there was original intent. I am adding Patrick here. We only got a few more minutes. We're going to run a little bit late here. This topic's obviously of massive interest. But, Frisk, what's happening? Uh, Frisk. Sorry, i cutting up there. Um, I think we just brought up Patrick.
2: Maybe he should go first before I say what I'm about to say.
0: All right, we'll skip you. Patrick, what's going on?
2: Uh, No, I just wanted to come up because my name was spoken of, so I wanted to respond if I needed to. But first, you
12: can go ahead if you want. You know, I I second everything. You know, I think part of the doxing situation too, the troublesome is like, you know, I think whoever said doxing gets, who has the wallet is super important, but how do you trust what that person does with the money? Uh, And I think that's what happened here to some degree was like we had, we had lurk doxed and he was saying one thing and then he was saying something else with ramo separately and that's where like the deceit came in and became tricky uh go ahead yeah
0: that's all yeah sadly there's no easy answer to this i mean it's clearly now progressing in a way that the ecosystem seems to be responding positively to let's hit these other three hands and wrap it up here frisk what's going on
2: so uh, i actually have a question for sharfu um it seems like we've kind of made all the points clear, like, we all have separate thoughts on whether or not it's fair to be doxed, but then not it's fair to dox a whole team, uh, implications with roadmaps and stuff. Um, I'd actually kind of love to get some insight. We have a fairly good amount of listeners here. For any projects that might be listening, or for maybe anyone who may be thinking about, wa- like, wanting to launch a project that is on Magic Eden, um, goes to Magic Eden, Eden's launchpad, what do you feel that is a good thing for projects to have prepared before coming to approach you? Especially going forward now, like, what, what advice can you give?
10: So what, like, the main thing that that I saw, like, in my year uh, working for Magic Eden and launching, like, we launched, like, 300 projects, and, like, the most I can trust is actually the founders themselves. Because, like, you can have, like, a shitty road, like, you can make, like, a mistake with the roadmap, or, you know, like, you can fuck up on on a project, but if you have, like, a really, really good uh, founder and a team, you know like they will turn it around you had like frank like i always take like frank as a perfect example because like they killed it they had like really strong marketing in the beginning and then they flopped they totally flopped right but they came back because like they had a strong founder they had like a strong team so like that's like a really good example and that's like what what we'll be focusing that's why we were saying and like we're not fixed on doxing the whole team, like we said, like in the thread, you can see that we're actually like looking for feedback from the community, and that's why I'm actually like talking here. And what I see here, like from all of you, that like yeah, doxing the whole team is maybe like not the solution, right? But like just like I would say, like cons, yeah, just like we're we're gonna focus on on the founders themselves, like trying to. Uh, do, like, a background check or get, like, re- references from the community members, like like you guys all on stage. Stuff like that.
0: None. I mean, Magic Heaton's done a great job, in my opinion, on listening to feedback. This is uh, very clear based on the thread. It looks like they almost completely listened to the ecosystem on what they wanted. And the feedback's been crazy. Like I've been reiterating, there's uh, people up here who are probably the most outspoken against it, giving props and kudos. So, uh, Sweeper, what's
3: going on?
11: Yeah. I think this takes back to like the main problem I have with the launch pad and magic Eden. I think that this is a prime example of why you should separate the launch pad from magic Eden or have it on a completely separate domain and have people have to type the URL in and go to the launch pad. Instead of having it completely advertised on the marketplace where, you know, every time you want to open the marketplace, you see the launch pad because you are basically putting magic eden's name behind these other people like these people that you have zero control over versus just being you know a marketplace where you collect a fee for people listing on your marketplace so i don't know the you know the financial risk there because i know that they make a good bit of money from the launchpad but i would assume that the most money and like the reason why you know funds want to give magic eden more money is due to the users and the revenue they get from those users versus the launchpad users. So I would love to see them separate the two entities and make it much more difficult to get to the launchpad from the marketplace. And I think if all if that happens from this whole debacle, then it would be a positive event for the community because really, you know, someone comes to the comes to Solana from any space, Solana NFTs They think Magic Eden is basically the number one brand. And then you come to the launchpad, you see all these projects. You think that these projects are, they are endorsed by Magic Eden by having them on the launchpad. I think if you separate it, it will be much better for you long term. You know, when we actually have a bull run instead of this, you know, bare low volume uh, days we're having nowadays.
0: No, it's definitely a quality idea. So curious to see kind of longer term what happens with it. I've always kind of said too, it it seems like it's tough to have a launchpad and a marketplace when there is that a lot of back and forth between the two overlap and kind of, I don't know if it's a full conflict of interest. Seems like it could be in that boat, but it's tough to say at the same time because it's still a revenue generating stream. And lately we've also been talking about other revenue generating opportunities for people, places, and uh, projects. I want to pass it down to Rob, and then we're going to have Gentle Tornado kind of wrap it up here. We're well past time, but Rob, what's going on? yo what's up Easy?
16: thanks for having me man first time up here so um appreciate it but yeah um just wanted to like like, echo what charfer was saying i think indexing on teams here and really focusing there is like the uh most kind of like high leverage thing we can do to make sure we're launching quality stuff um and i think like again we've messed up with this one we learned a lot part of it also is like we wanted to like experiment and try something here and i think like I mean, we're, we're a company full of like Dgens, pretty much. And, um, some things that we definitely could have done better, but got a little experimental and tried some stuff and kind of like we've grown to a size where we really have a lot of influence and kind of weight in the ecosystem, like a really a lot of weight. So I, I think, yeah, like also just another reminder that we really have to like take that role, um, be humbled by it and just, yeah. Like put a good foot forward for the community.
0: No, it's dope that we have a few representatives from Magic Eden, just individuals who are directly plugged into the marketplace, kind of providing feedback in response to this. Appreciate the hell out of everyone's time here today. I want to pass it over to Tornado, and there was no better way to kind of knock that out of the park. Tornado, what's going on? Hey, listen, um, I
14: just, you know, I, I've really been enjoying this time with you guys, and I just wanted to come in here and say, let's fucking go. We're riding. We're fucking grateful to be here. Listen, we are so lucky to be early. I'm a fucking ETH Maxi and I'm here supporting my boy Easy, supporting all of you guys. I love you guys. We are riding. Listen, be fucking good. Be kind. Fuck ruggers. If you're a rugger, I'll give you a hug. Come find me. I love you guys. We're riding. Keep the vibes up. Bear market vibes. We're riding.
0: That's what we love to hear. Shout out everyone rocking with us. No better way to exit the week than with a nice episode of Solana Made Easy. We'll catch you back here on Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Shout out all the dope speakers. Shout out my co-hosts. Shout out everyone still rocking in the bear market. We'll catch everybody on Monday.